Hello, welcome to Dying to Talk. I'm Buddy Feneff, a fourth generation funeral director in New Hampshire and the owner of Feneff Funeral Homes and Crematorium and the founder of the Cremation Society of New Hampshire. My co-hosts today are Mandy Damaris and Madison Smith, both longtime funeral directors with our firm. Hello, I'm Mandy. Thanks for joining us on Dying to Talk. Hi, I'm Madison. We're excited to discuss some frequently asked questions about the funeral industry. Dying to Talk is a lighthearted and upbeat discussion of those topics no one really wants to talk about. Each episode, we will choose a subject that is related to funeral service, the cremation process, or death and dying. On this week's show, we will be talking about green burials and the green burial movement. Um, so green burials, interesting topic. We get, a, we get a lot of people that call and say, I'd like a green burial. I don't think they necessarily all know what it is. They think it's maybe politically correct or something they think they want to do. Mm. Um, but a lot of a lot of misconceptions, a lot of um, once people realize what's involved, they may say, eh, maybe not for me or maybe it's going to be a little bit too challenging. So what are your, I know you you both have, have met families that have, have considered or talked about green burials. What's some, what's some feedback that you're hearing? Well, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a something that's in its baby stages here in our area, I think, but starting to gain momentum. And every now and then, I'll have a family that comes in and they'll ask about it. And, and really, there's there's just not a lot of education on the topic. So, um, you know, trying to guide them um, in this regard can be difficult. So, I think it'll be good to have somebody on the show that is an expert in this and can really give us an education as well as mm-hmm. our listeners. I think there's some, um, I mean, there, there's two challenges in, in, in my experience. One, and, and I know Lee will address this, is the whole cemetery aspect of green, of green burial. Um, and then number two is, is our industry. I mean, the reality is a lot of funeral homes don't want to talk about green burial because it potentially is less revenue and, mm-hmm. you know, not having public wakes and services and embalming and simpler caskets. So it's not something as an industry that we've done a very good job of, of promoting. But again, Neither do we do a very good job 20 years ago about promoting cremation. And now right. New Hampshire has a cremation rate of, you know, almost 75%. So I'm not saying green burial will be that that high, but it's something that... Um, you never know. It's in its infancy, yeah, and we'll see. Today's guest is Lee Webster, green burial advocate and former president of the Green Burial Council International. Hi, Lee. Welcome to Dying to Talk. I mean, let's just take it from the top is what's a green burial? Yeah, that's the, that's the big question. Uh Essentially, the way we like to answer this is that green burial is basically what we used to call about 150 years ago, burial. (laughs) Uh, It it just means that the body is interred into the ground uh, without any obstruction so that decomposition can occur at a natural rate. Okay. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I mean, as you know, we're, we're one of the few firms in New England that are members of the Green Burial Council. Um, we're advocates of green burial. We have all the green burial um, offerings. We have a green burial package. Mm-hmm. We have um, green, green caskets. We have it in our brochure. We have it on our website. So I applaud you because you're building it so they will come, right? Uh, and we do actually have green burial cemeteries in the state. However, uh, what we don't have and what you really need is a central natural or conservation burial ground so that people from all over can access it. We have some municipalities that have that allow for green space in their town cemetery, and we call those hybrids. Uh, but that serves the people of that particular town or city. Uh, 
So uh, the idea of having uh, being able to go to uh, an area that really is is natural doesn't have any other um, type of, of cemetery uh, processes or procedures going on um, means that you have to go from here to Maine. That's what I was going to say. The only one I'm, order to I'm get knowledgeable to the, of is the closest is in, in northern. Northern Maine. Well, there are, there are two. There's one called Rainbow's End, and that's up in Orono. Mm -hmm. And then uh, just across the border in Limington is Cedar Brook. And that's both of those. Um, actually, Cedar Brook is the only one of those two that's really open to the public from distances. And those are fully green? They're no, not, no Those uh, are natural burial, burial grounds, right. Mm -hmm. So what, what do you consider, I know from our funeral aspect, what we consider a quote-unquote green burial from a, mm -hmm. what does a cemetery have to provide or not provide to be considered a green, approved green cemetery. Right, right. Well, um, I think the best way to answer that is to talk about what the Green Burial Council sets standards for, and those are three different uh, levels. And we've already talked about natural and conservation. We can get into the detail on those a little bit later. Um, but what really concerns us here in New Hampshire are the hybrid cemeteries. And what that means is that you're taking a, an existing cemetery of, uh, that's still in operation, that has had vaults and, and so on in the ground. And we're setting aside a, p a piece of that property to uh, bury people who are, have not been embalmed, who are, uh, are in a, a shroud or a, a, a simple casket of some kind and go directly into the ground, no vault. So th that's the primary so really, the, the key is, I mean, right now, people can get very, mm -hmm. very simple, inexpensive caskets, build their own simple wooden caskets, mm -hmm. wicker caskets, but cemeteries that we deal with on a regular basis to maintain the integrity of the gravesite right. require some sort of, of, a, of a vault. And that's and, really the sticking point for a lot of these cemeteries. Right. And what most people don't know, uh, unless they've been through it recently, is, uh, number one, that there that a vault is required at all most people don't even recognize mm -hmm. that they're putting a box within a box right. and putting that in the ground um the other thing they don't realize is that uh funeral directors don't really have any control over whether these green burial sites get get built this is in the state of new hampshire particularly uh we we all go to town meeting and we vote in our cemetery trustees, and we walk away and go, phew, thank goodness they're doing that job and not me. But they don't give them any instruction about what they want to have happen in their own town cemetery. And that's who makes the rules. It's not state. It's not federal. It is absolutely your local trustees who are making sure uh, that the cemeteries are cared for. And they're the ones we all need to appeal to and say, could we please set aside some space that doesn't require vaults? And to make things more challenging, New Hampshire is one of the few, I shouldn't say one of the few, but actually one of the few states that it is illegal for a funeral home to own a cemetery. Exactly. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of states, I mean, you go out to the Midwest or out West, it's very common to see a funeral home sitting smack in the middle of a, of a public cemetery, in a, you know, in a for-profit cemetery. New Hampshire, funeral homes cannot own, which, again, even if we wanted to promote this, it's not like we could go out and, and you know, purchase a, a plot of land and, and establish a cemetery. You just that's can't do right. it legally. That's right. And that's why, uh, you know, that's why I'm out stumping because mm -hmm. I need people uh, to understand that it's this is grassroots work in their own communities that needs to be done in order to, to make this happen. If they want it, they need to participate and make it happen. 
So when people walk through the cemeteries in their towns or any other private religious cemeteries, there's a certain feel. There's the headstones all in a row. What would the setting be like in a conservation area for a green burial? Mm -hmm. Would there be any stones or markers allowed or something more of a natural marker? Right. Natural and conservation are are fairly similar. Um, there There's some details to the standards that go with both of those, but both of them use, uh, rather than having markers there, we use GPS units to uh, to identify where that specific area is. That's also recorded in the town deeds. It's part of the, uh, the, the plat that the cemetery creates. Uh, so we have latitude and longitude, and often you can go out with your phone and find exactly where, you oh, know, so people can do it themselves. Very savvy. Yeah. <laughs> Very much, yeah. Um, we do also encourage uh, some plantings, we're very careful about what kind of plantings we put around green burial um, uh, grave sites. Uh, and, and often there will be uh, like a flat marker that's a uh, field stone or something that's native to the area. We encourage artwork around uh, benches and that type of thing. Um, the reason that we're interested in in trees and so on, we don't want to suddenly, you know, everybody says, I'll, I'll be buried, you know, uh, and I'll be a tree. Uh, we can't create canopy over this. We're really trying to to keep it. You know, we can, we have meadow burial, we have woodland burial, we have all kinds of ways of doing this, but we need to be very sure that we don't uh, we don't mess with the natural um, environment there, the biodiversity that that lives there. Because what we're trying to do is encourage natural decomposition. Uh, one of the advantages, though, to having trees around is that if the body has, uh, and all of us do, we, ha we, we bring with us all the elements and chemicals that we've ingested throughout our life. Uh, and what happens is that that, at buried at the right level, which is about three and a half feet, actually allows trees nearby to uh, absorb those chemicals and sequester those. And they're not harmful to the trees, but that's how we, that's, that's why green burial is so clean. We have all the microbes and the beetles and the bugs and everybody's doing their job according to Mother Nature. And uh, green burial ends up, if you, even if you have a, a body that is contaminated in any way, um, it'll be taken care of. So that was actually my next question. System. Speaking of beetles and bugs, <laughs> um, we actually got an email from Lucas uh, from Atkinson that said, will animals disturb the body? My favorite question. Is Thank okay. you. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yes. Uh, here's the deal. It, when we bury at three and a half feet, that means that we are, you know, the back is at about three and a half feet. That means that the nose to the top of the ground gives us about an 18 to 24 inch smell barrier as it's called. Wild animals can't smell past that. And believe me, if they can't smell past it, neither can humans, as we learned in the fifth grade. So uh, no, and, and you know, they, they really don't know we're there. They really don't care. There's way too much excitement above ground. Um, and we're really not in their natural uh, food chain. So there's a lot of reasons why it just, and, and, and I can tell you anecdotally that there's not a green burial site that's around the world that has uh, reported having any problems whatsoever. Um, do to your knowledge, do green burials violate the re, uh, the religious beliefs of any any groups that you're aware they of? They certainly don't violate them, but they they are in keeping with the tradition of the Jewish faith, uh, Muslim faith, Quakers. Uh, in fact, all of these are undisturbed um, and and unchanged traditions that have gone on 
from the beginning of time um, and the beginning of those faiths. Mm -hmm. And more and more, the Christian community, which really is who we're talking about, who's been using this very contemporary American model, uh, is starting to say, wait a minute, if they can do it, why can't we? So that would actually go back to Buddy's earlier question um, about you know how many how many of these exist. There are Jewish cemeteries in New Hampshire. Oh, there's and, one down the street from where we're sitting right now. Sure, and we, yeah. they've been burying with uh, with very very little between them. Certainly, no vaults, no embalming. They well, go they do require the a vault. It's just it's a special type of, of a vault where it. it the, the the top maintains integrity, but the bottom is open so the deceased can actually become right, right. in I contact have, with the with I, the ground. Yeah, I have heard about that in some Jewish cemeteries. Mm-hmm. It's not really what they want to be doing. Again, it's been a cemetery question. That's, That's called butter dishing, by the way, when you turn mm-hmm. it over that mm-hmm. way. Um, all all uh, uh, caskets, Jewish Catholic caskets that are are made, have to have from three, five, or seven, usually seven holes. Uh, board in the bottom so that the body is in direct contact the seven being for the seven days of the week um, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it, it certainly has been happening all along it's just a question of getting back to basics it's so very retro to, yeah, <laughs> the so, hipsters will love it yes <laughs> so two questions are to your knowledge and I know we don't have a huge number in, in mm-hmm. New England as we talked about are most green burial cemeteries set up as non-profits are they for-profit and and what are the costs? I mean, people think that, oh, it's mm-hmm. green, it's a piece of land, I mean, a couple hundred bucks. I mean, what what are people looking at for, for costs to deal right. and work with the Green Cemetery? Yeah, it, again, it's entirely controlled by whoever owns and operates that cemetery, uh, whether that's a municipality or, or a, a nonprofit. Um, there are different ways to set up uh, these, these uh, cemeteries if you do it outside of the municipal system. Um, the law lays that all out mm-hmm. uh, by associations and corporations and that type of thing, all nonprofits. Um, and you brought up something else too that was important to go with that. Uh, oh, the cost. The cost. Cost is important. Uh, what we want people to understand is that being green doesn't necessarily mean it's less expensive or more expensive. It's all about what the market will bear in that particular area, and what the demand is, mm-hmm. what what's been set up. We have to remember that when we're talking about green burial, we're talking about a whole different set of reasons for charging money. And one of those is that in natural and particularly in conservation areas, the fees that go toward um, burying the body support the activities that occur above ground. And what happens in those, it's, it's, not a, it's not a bunch of gravestones all in a row. It's uh, nature paths and recreational paths and places to bring children to learn about birds and uh, you know, educational opportunities. It's agriculture. It's sustainable uh, harvesting of timber. It's uh, sugaring operations. It's anything that you want to have go on above ground. Uh, the Congressional Cemetery just last month had yoga in the graveyard. And uh, they have dog, they get all the dogs together and have a dog park thing. So there's a lot of life going on above ground rather than what we see in a a standard lawn cemetery, which is pretty much dead top and bottom, Mm -hmm. not going anywhere. So those costs, uh, a lot of us uh, think that it's, it's worth it to spend a little extra money if we had to in order to go out in a very environmental way that's in keeping with uh, the way we have lived our lives. And in support of that. So we see a lot of funeral trends changing over time. And I'm, I know that green burials are just making a comeback. Are there any new ideas, new processes 
for the green burials. I've heard something about mushrooms recently. Mushroom yeah. suits. Yes, mushroom suits. spore suits. Yeah. How does that play into yeah. green burial? Jay Lee Rhymes uh, actually came up with this idea of, of a couple of years ago, we did a TED talk on it, and she had developed this mushroom suit, and it's actually moving into uh, a next, um, uh, another incarnation. Uh, the issue that green burial folks have with that is that in order for those mushroom spores to actually activate, they'd have to be buried at surface level. That's Which will cause, cause a problem. Yeah. problem. <laughs> I don't even have to start telling you what that would be a problem about. It's more the idea. It, it's reaching millennials. It's reaching different uh, different groups of people who are interested in this and looking at it uh, in a whole fresh way. So I'd rather look at it as an educational opportunity for people to start thinking rather than uh, running out and buying their, I believe, eight thousand dollars suit, mm-hmm. which is nice. made by I got Armani a couple of those in my closet. An Armani <laughs> mushroom suit. <laughs> Well, it's truffles, especially truffles. Special truffles, that's right. So, yeah, some of the things that are coming up, you know, we're all trying to solve a problem. We're running out of uh, burial space. Cremation is hitting, you know, 80% around here in some areas. Uh, And cremation is not the greenest thing. Most people think it is. And one of the reasons that they're they're opting for is because they think it's a greener uh, alternative to traditional or conventional burial. Um, And so we're trying to move them back to what's the greenest thing, the the greenest thing. But in the meantime, there are places, you know, we're we're lucky we're we're in a rural area. If you're in an urban area like Seattle where Katrina Spade, who, by the way, is a Hanover um, native, uh, is trying to get the Urban Death Project up and going, and that's essentially a human composting facility really isn't that far from what we're talking about. We're talking about putting bodies into the earth and, and not inhibiting their decomposition. In, uh, in a city environment, uh, they don't have room to wait the six weeks or the two years or the ten years or whatever it might take. Um, and honestly, it, it's not that different. We're talking about turning our bodies back into soil. So let me play devil's advocate because we've talked about you know the body farm and that and, and when you were mm-hmm. here last year you talked mm-hmm. about home funerals and green burials so in I don't want to say your perfect world but potentially in, in in your perfect I mean there would be no reason to have funeral homes because the families can certainly have their home services go to the cemetery themselves the green cemetery they don't really need caskets don't need vaults. Um, I think there's a very small percentage of people who would see that as their ideal. Right. Um, and, and I have to say, one of the, uh, just on a personal note, my issue is that um, uh, having been in hospice for about 30 some odd years, um, people need that ritual time. They need that time to, to absorb and understand what's really happened. Even if they've seen it coming, they still need time to be there with it. And that's why I promote home funeral. What's missing with the cremation option is that time that we take. And I believe that uh, what funeral directors do best, in my estimation, is walk people through that grief process. Bringing back, green burial is an opportunity to bring back that time period where people actually have the service. They don't just go from somebody dies, make the call, off they go. Uh, and next time you see them, they're in a box. Um, and it, it it's bringing back that time. So in terms of, um, you know, making funeral directors obsolete, absolutely not. 
the, well, the idea here, here at all. We, what's, we, what, what's interesting in that comment is, I think there's, mm. um, when cremation became so popular in the church, people went from one extreme to the other. They exactly. said, oh, cremation, 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 no service, no this. We're mm. now, and I'm, I'm just looking at our, our statistics for our, our, our year end mm. and what's happened, and we still pe see people, they're still selecting cremation, but they're having what we call traditional cremation, where they're renting a casket, having the wake, having the service, mm -hmm. all the traditional, but cremation after. That that was always an option, but we saw people mm -hmm. go from one extreme. Now it seems like they're coming back a little bit and saying, well, we want cremation. We had dad cremated, mm -hmm. didn't have a wake, didn't have a service, just thought it was easy, but with mom, maybe we want to rethink that and still want cremation, but want to yeah. do some of the more traditional. So um, that's becoming, even though it's always been offered, it's becoming a bigger piece of what of what yeah. we have done in the last and year I'm, or two. I'm very glad to hear that because I think that that is exactly what gets lost. And with green burial, uh, definitely gives you that opportunity to bring it, to bring that back right. and make meaning out of the experience. So and if, that's if, why we need you. What if, if someone wants to have a green burial but wants the traditional church? Because not everyone that's green Absolutely. doesn't necessarily mean, you, you know, you're not... Um, very active in your church and you want to have a public viewing mm -hmm. and a wake and a church service and the procession and the fly and all the but you just for whatever reason you does that still you can have you can your do? white horses with plumes you can do yeah. whatever you want Even the name of the game is choice um, no embalming would not be acceptable okay. so that would be um, the one thing that would be absolutely not at, right and then <clears throat> of course the vaultless and all mm -hmm. that we there are other ways to preserve the body mm -hmm. though and as you know um you have refrigeration right. here we have dry ice we have all of those kinds of things we even have non-toxic embalming fluids so the embalming itself could happen we just aren't putting in the toxic chemicals mm -hmm. so now sky's the limit and but we need to bring back the human piece of this and uh, is there, a, is there a place people can go to, to learn about this, a database to find, um, you know, funeral homes that, that perform these types of services, cemeteries, you know, just places all over the country? That Absolutely. They, is there like one centrally located database? Well, the Green Burial Council does that. We've been in the business of certifying all of these product manufacturers, funeral homes, and the cemeteries. So if you go to the Green Burial site, which is greenburialcouncil.org, you're going to find all of our providers, uh, anyone who is willing. You're it, buddy. Oh, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> had to get that in there. Well, I had Great. to get that You'll in also there. find on that website uh, a page called Resources, with, uh, and you'll find education under that. And we have been working very hard to develop materials that help educate the public and also professionals, both cemeterians and funeral directors. And uh, we're working pretty hard also on, on manufacturers so that we're getting all the goods in place. We're getting all of the professionals so they know how to, to deal with all of this. Everyone's talking to everybody else. And uh, as soon as we get more space opened up, we're now at over 150 in the U.S. alone. Hmm. Um, do you do seminars spaces, and talks so. on green burials? Absolutely. You do, okay. Great. Well, thanks, Lee. Well, thank you. We've collected a lot of information about green burials on our website, and we have links to show notes for this episode as well. If our listeners have any questions about funerals or cremations in New Hampshire, Vermont, I'm happy to answer them. Just email me at buddy at phaneuf.net. That's buddy at p-h-a-n-e-u-f.net. Or call me on my direct line at 603-625-5778. And thank you again for joining us on Dying to Talk. <laughs>